1: ships at sea to what we call The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. What's going on? Uh, President uh, Joseph Robinette Biden is in San Francisco today meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping in the first conversation between the two leaders in a year. A year. They'll have so much to talk about. Trade tensions, global flashpoints, who got hot over the summer... (laughs) Spoiler alert, neither of them. <laughs> now, before the meeting, both sides tried to play it cool and set expectations low. In fact, both countries said that whatever happened, both Biden and Xi would not put out a joint statement after the meeting. So it's just going to be a case of he said, she said. <laughs> the best. I can't teach that. China has a good reason to want to talk to America and its cash for the past several years. China's economy has been struggling with anemic consumer spending and high youth unemployment. It's gotten so bad that second graders can't get a job at the iPhone factory. <laughs> what? And I'm, I'm being told in response to that joke, Apple has canceled Jon Stewart again. <laughs> now, now, There you go. There you go. Uh, Biden's going to be thrilled to be out of D.C. because Washington is increasingly a toxic dump. But yesterday, there was a glimmer of governance when the House of Representatives approved a stopgap measure to avert a shutdown. It's a big relief. But before I forget, let me record a promo for two months from now. Tonight on The Late Show, the government is headed for a shutdown. Also... (laughs) RAVENOUS PACKS OF WILD DOGS THAT NOW ROAM OUR STREETS, IS YOUR FRONT DOOR STRONG ENOUGH TO SAVE YOUR FAMILY? (laughs) THE BILL IS THE FIRST MAJOR PIECE OF LEGISLATION PASSED BY NEW SPEAKER OF THE HOUSE AND SITCOM DAD SAYING, OH, Smokey, MIKE JOHNSON. (laughs) JOHNSON'S BILL HAD ONE MAJOR INNOVATION, UNLIKE THE STOPGAP PASSED BY KEVIN MCCARTHY, Johnson's so-called two-step stopgap bill would fund certain parts of the government until mid-January and others into early February. That is genius. Because instead of just kicking the can down the road, Mike Johnson cut the can in half. So now they have to kick two smaller cans down two longer roads. Johnson Johnson needs, what's he need, two-thirds? He needs a two-thirds majority because to stop the bill... From being killed in the House Rules Committee, he used a procedure known as suspending the rules. <laughs> you can just do that? <laughs> the gentleman from Kentucky is out of order because the floor of the House is now lava. <laughs> Two for flinching, no drops, no bombs, no backseas, no fudges, ollie ollie taxes free. <laughs> it is a victory, oxen free, oxen <laughs> or all gone? It's a victory for the new speaker, but Johnson's Republican colleagues are pissed because the bill contains no spending cuts and was only achieved by partnering with the Democrats. And as we know, every time Johnson reaches across the aisle, his son gets an alert on his phone. <laughs> now, accountability. <laughs> accountability, partner. Now, you'll recall that when uh, Kevin McCarthy, former speaker, partnered with Democrats to avert a shutdown, he lost the speaker job. But it appears Speaker Johnson is safe for now. I'll let Virginia Congressman Bob Good explain it real
0: bad. We believe he's a conservative. We believe he's a trustworthy, honest guy. Uh, and we did put him in the game in the fourth quarter when we're down 35-0, so we can't hold him to the same standards as the guy who got us to that 35-0 mm-hmm. deficit. However, we don't expect him to come in and punt on third down, and that's what we think he's doing here.
1: Clearly, <laughs> clearly, even talking about football causes brain damage. <laughs> the ahem, uh, the um, ahem. really? brain damage brain damage the shutdown battle is the latest example of republican infighting and yesterday it became outfighting there were some donny brooks in the halls of power or as the media described it
0: apparently washington's fight club officially got underway yesterday <laughs> senate fight club fight club fight club
1: well you know the first rule of fight club <laughs> let's talk about fight club <laughs> FOR THE RECORD, I BELIEVE IT IS WRONG FOR ADULTS, ESPECIALLY REPRESENTATIVES WORKING ON BEHALF OF YOU, THE AMERICAN PEOPLE, TO RESOLVE THEIR DIFFERENCES WITH VIOLENCE. BUT AS LONG AS THEY'RE DOING IT, IT'S TIME FOR...
0: THE THUNDER IN THE rotunda. CAPITAL PUNISHMENT IN THE CAPITAL! CONGRESS HAS FILED A MOTION FOR
1: PAIN! FIRST UP WAS THE UNDERCARD, HOUSE REPUBLICAN TIM BURCHETT. VERSUS FORMER SPEAKER KEVIN McCARTHY. SEE, uh, BURCHETT IS ONE OF THE EIGHT REPUBLICANS WHO VOTED TO OUST MCCARTHY. AND WHILE HE WAS DOING AN NPR INTERVIEW YESTERDAY, HE TOOK A HIT FROM THE FORMER SPEAKER. LET'S LISTEN TO THE AUDIO.
0: WHY'D YOU ELBOW ME IN THE BACK, KEVIN? HEY, KEVIN, YOU GOT ANY GUTS? (laughs)
1: JERK. (laughs) NO, KEVIN McCARTHY HAS GUTS. But he doesn't have his balls. <laughs> They're close. They're close. But there's a difference. When McCarthy was then asked by a reporter about his flying elbows, he denied everything. Why would I punch somebody? You're why why would I kidney punch somebody? But like that, the... and if you, if you did, if I kidney punch him, he'd be on the ground. Yeah. If I hit him, he'd be on the ground, and then I'd kick him, and I'd take his bike and his Pokemon cards, and his girlfriend would be my girlfriend, and then people would like me. <laughs> After McCarthy's denial, Burchett doubled down.
0: You're quite confident this was deliberate. Oh, yeah. Come on. I'll take a, I'll take a polygraph test.
1: Okay. Okay. That's not how polygraphs work. <laughs> I'm telling you Julia Roberts wants to have sex with me. No, I've never met her, but I'll take a polygraph test. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean it. <laughs> but yesterday's title match was the near brawl between Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen and the head of the Teamsters, Sean O'Brien, right over there. Mullen is a former MMA fighter and as we reported last night exclusively on the late show he interrupted a Senate hearing to challenge the boss of the Teamsters to a fight, until he was stopped by a surprise cameo. Take a look. Sir, this is a time, this is a place.
0: We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up, then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Big oh, hold, stop it. Is that All your solution? Right. Every no, no, sit down. Oh, sorry, sit down.
1: Look at you. No, yeah, no, you're okay, a United it. States senator. You sit down. You sit down. <laughs> Sit down, you two. You, 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 Sit, sit, sit. You, you. You, 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 you. All of you. All. Sit down. Sit, 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 sit. Sit, sit. No. I'm breaking up. I'm breaking up this fight. I'm gonna break up this fight like it was a big bank. Now. Let's take a moment to appreciate the fact that I'm the only senator who's being recognized simply by his socialist finger point. Look, I'm a cat. Now, now I'm a dog. I'm a dog. I'm a fox. I'm a fox. Je suis... Je suis un (laughs) Reynard. Now. Now, picking a fight on the floor of the the Senate is bonkers. But last night, Mullen went on a media blitz to argue, no, it's not. Are there any actual Senate rules that if two consenting adults want to duke it out, could you guys go bare-knuckle if you wanted to? Just well, we looked into that. the
0: rules, and, you know, you used to build a king. you got to remember President Andrew Jackson uh, challenged nine guys to a duel and won nine times. So, at the end of the day, there is presence for it, if that's
1: what someone wants to do. Precedent, sure. If somebody's done something before, it's perfectly fine to do it again. <laughs> that's why, when I was a child, my dad used to take me hunting for Archduke Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> In a. Wow. wow. Now, in a different interview, Mullen explained that not only is he ready to fight, he'll do whatever it takes to win.
0: I'm not afraid of biting. I will bite.
1: Biting? Uh, I'll well, I mean... bite
0: 100 Yeah. I'm in mean, a fight, I'm going to bite. I'll, I'll do anything. I mean, I'm not above it. And I don't care where I bite, by the way.
1: Wow. It takes true courage to go on television and say that for a righteous cause, you're willing to munch on junk. <laughs> Good for you, Mark Wayne Mullen. Arr, arr, arr. Just, you go ahead. For the Republic, you snap into a Slim Jam.
0: Whoa!
1: <laughs> this is real. This is, this is our country. This is our country. There you go. You try understanding that, sir. At the end of the day, Mullen explained that this is exactly what he was sent to Washington to do.
0: I mean, what do people want me to do? If I didn't do that, people in Oklahoma would be pretty upset at me. That's not how we <laughs> raise. I'm right. supposed to represent Oklahoma values.
1: Yes, who can forget the Oklahoma state motto, no mercy, bite his sack. <laughs> oh, Oklahoma weather. Um, hum, 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 hum. <laughs> it's not surprising that violence is a selling point for the Republican Party. The GOP hopefuls for 2024, in fact, are already adopting the strategy. JUST LOOK AT THIS NEW REPUBLICAN PRIMARY CAMPAIGN AD.
0: IT'S A TOUGH TIME IN AMERICA, AND WE NEED COMMON SENSE SOLUTIONS TO REAL PROBLEMS. PROBLEMS LIKE PUNK-ASS CONGRESS PEOPLE WHOSE KIDNEYS NEED A VISIT FROM MY ELBOW. I'M CANDIDATE FOR WISCONSIN'S FOURTH DISTRICT, PATRICIA CORKER known to my enemies as Stabby Pat. I spent 10 years as a public school teacher and 20 in Supermax for a crime I pled guilty to because I'm proud of what I did to that man's neck. And I'll do it again for you in Congress. So vote Patricia for better jobs. Patricia for a brighter future. Patricia for cutting a bitch. I will burn down their homes and laugh in the ashes like an avenging angel of pain. I'm Patricia Corker, and I don't even feel this.
1: We got a great show for you tonight.
0: Coming up, Paul Giamatti.
1: My first guest this evening is an Emmy and Golden Globe winning actor you know from Sideways, John Adams, Cinderella Man, and Billions. He now stars in the film The Holdovers.
0: There was an incident when I was at Harvard with my roommate. And? He accused me of copying from his senior thesis. Plagiarizing. Ah. Well, did you? No, he stole from me. That blue-blooded Prick's family had allies on the faculty. I mean, their last name is on a library, for sake, So he accused me in order to sanitize his treachery, and uh, they threw me out. So you got kicked out of Harvard for cheating? No, I got kicked out of Harvard for hitting him. You hit him? What, like punched him out? No, I hit him with a car.
1: Please welcome Paul Giamatti.
0: That's a strong crowd. Thank you. Lovely
1: to be back. Always nice to talk to you. Yes. I want to get. I want to get into the holdovers, which I think is a beautiful movie that Thank everybody you. should see. Yes,
0: indeed. Thank and
1: you. but first, <clears throat> I want to talk about the thing that people may not know about. I hope they all know about it, which is that you have a podcast. I with do. Professor Stephen Asma. Correct. Called Chinwag. That's right. Which I have done and enjoyed immensely.
0: You were an incredible guest. You were Thank maybe you. the best guest we had. I took so you a long far. time
1: to say that. No, no, long, no. Is there a, like a a guest, like a white whale for big you? Big
0: game that I exactly. really want to so get. Like, what's, like, besides a... you, besides Thank some you. other yeah, folks? Yes,
1: Amy Sedaris, Beso- Paul Rudd. Amy Sedaris, oh, Paul Rudd. the Roman episode. Oh, was Mary like, Beard, who's a great Roman incredible. historian. Yeah. Yeah. I do
0: have one in mind, in fact. And the one, the, the, the big game I want to bag is Cher. Wow. Come right? on. Can you feel that? Me and Cher in the same room talking about Sasquatch. Can you feel that? <laughs> Now what's the problem here? You're Paul Giamatti. I don't just know. Call it up and say, I share.
1: This is the time. Yes, I know. We're sending the team with the microphone.
0: Apparently, to you. T- two times in the past couple of years, I've gotten messages from my agent. They say to me, "Share wants to talk to you," for some reason. And just I go, "What?" Just a why? message. Share just wants to
1: share talk. Just Share wants to
0: talk to you. And it go, almost why? sounds
1: like you're in trouble with Share. <laughs> totally. We should talk. Yes, share.
0: totally. And I go, "Okay." And then I never hear anything. It goes away, and then it comes again. Share really needs to talk to you. I'm like, what the f*** is going on with Cher? And she needs to talk to you. Yes. It sounds
1: like she needs a liver.
0: <laughs>
1: or a kidney. Listen, I got them. I got,
0: I got okay. If Cher needs a kidney, I got well, one. Think,
1: I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Cher, when I interviewed her last, she said she watches the show. So Fantastic. do you want to just put the invitation right down the pipe right wow. there? Wow.
0: Oh, so just. I can just look. Right, where am I looking? Right down here? Yeah,
1: right there with the light.
0: Cher, it's Paul Giamatti. <laughs> if you're watching, baby, I'm here. Um, oh, okay. That's nope. it. All right. No, no, hopefully, no hopefully. No, 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 no. I don't no, no, I want to go too far. Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> don't want to scare her off. For the podcast. <laughs> okay, great.
1: What I love about Chinwag, yes, is that your embracing of the mysterious. Yes. That it's all about answers and 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 being open to the inexplicable That's in right. the world. The mysterious and things. Have like you that. had you have you had the the inexplicable, the numinous beyond your comprehension? <laughs>
0: Yes, I have. I've had a lot of experiences like that. This was one of the reasons I do the show. You know, I, I, one of the reasons I do it is I said I'm tired of not talking about Sasquatch. I'm tired of not talking about ghosts. You
1: know what? It's about damn time. <laughs> I know.
0: So I've been Where surprised. do you find the
1: courage, Paul <laughs> That's Giamatti? That's exactly it.
0: It's time for me to speak out about ghosts. So I've had a lot of ghostly things happen to me. Yes, and like apparitions? Or? Uh, yeah, or, or strange things. Yes, I've never had an apparition, but I've had weird. I've heard weird things. I've I heard... have a
1: photo. Is this related to that? Because I was given this, and yes. said at some point it might come in handy. Oh
0: yes, okay, they, sure. Explain yeah. what I'm yeah.
1: holding Yeah. Oh here, well, this is a whole uh, is either wow, a play okay. or something very exciting.
0: Yeah. That's right. I told your producer the story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm talking to a skull. I was in the play Hamlet. This is, yeah, I was in Hamlet. And, you know, Shakespeare, there's Macbeth is a famously kind of haunted play. Yeah. Hamlet is too, because there's a ghost in it. So I'll tell I'll make this quick, but Hamlet's, the father of Hamlet's ghost appears to him, right? And so in our production, I'm playing Hamlet, the ghost appears. At some point he hands me a dagger and I'm going to use this dagger in the rest of the play to threaten people and then kill Polonius, the old man and stuff. So I have it in our production. It's a modern day production. So it's a big ass knife. It's like a Bowie knife. It's like a bayonet. So I got it in a scabbard on my side. So I'm walking through the play, the rest of the play. I come out and I do To Be or Not To Be, famous speech. I've got the knife on me. I would do a little kind of stuff with the knife. Bear Bodkin. Yes, Bear Bodkin, all that stuff. And so the scene goes right on, and I, and I keep talking uh, to Ophelia, who comes out. So the scene continues. I'm doing the scene. I'm sort of berating her. And all of a sudden, I notice my knife is gone. It's disappeared. And I'm looking around the stage. I'm doing the lines and I'm looking around the stage, going, you know, where the f did my knife go? Like this. And I can tell she's going, where did his knife go? Like this. And you would have heard this thing fall out or seen it. I'm looking around. I go off stage. Stage mirror says, where the hell did your knife go? I go, I have no idea. I had it when I went out. They send stage hands out. They search the stage during the intermission. They look in the audience. They can't find the knife. So they give me a bad rubber knife to use for the rest of the thing. I'm like, this is going to look stupid, but I got gonna- to. So it comes up to another intermission. We come, go off, never found the knife. Come back in, there's a piece of scenery flies in from way up in the top of the theater, lands down. I'm supposed to come walking in to threaten Claudius, who murdered my father, to threaten him with a knife while he's praying. So I'm about to walk out behind this piece of scenery, but there's all these archways and these steps, and the stage manager says, look out there in the middle archway. And I look out, and my knife is lying in the middle archway, on a piece of scenery that was 100 feet up in the air.
1: Was Claudius played by David Blaine?
0: (laughs) that's amazing. It was crazy. I swear to God this happened. Wow. I swear to God this happened. And the other weird thing is a guy, a buddy of mine who was there, came backstage and said, oh, this was great. You were terrific. Thank you, I said to him. And he said, what happened to your knife in that one scene? You had it in the beginning of the scene, then it disappeared, and so to this day I have no, no idea what the hell happened. It makes no sense. Wow! Ghostly. <laughs> Tune in to Chinwag. Share. You can you can do more of this. This is, this where, is it where it happens, share.
1: <laughs> we have to take a quick break, but don't go nowhere because that's Paul Giamatti, and he'll be here when we get back. Hey everybody We're back here With the star Of The Holdovers Paul Giamatti I I am so happy To uh, talk about The Holdovers Which I I saw last night For the first time It's uh, It's funny, it's heartbreaking, yes. and it feels like time travel because yes. I was alive in the early 70s when Me this too. takes place. Yes. And it's, it's, it's so wonderful. Like, yeah. you are transported there. Yeah. Like, in that scene in the liquor store, yes.
0: all of the bottles had the old tax label that yes. used to be on all the liquor bottles. Turns out Massachusetts is still 1970 in Massachusetts. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And definitely in parts of Tell Massachusetts. Tell the nice people what the story's about. Oh, it's about three people who get stuck at a school over Christmas vacation, a teacher a student whose family doesn't particularly want him to come home, and the woman who's the head of the cafeteria. The teacher has to look after the kid, and she's there because she has nowhere else to go. And they all form a kind of lovely little family. They discover they have, they're very different people, and they discover they have a great amount of empathy for each other. And it's a beautiful movie.
1: A beautifully made movie. Alexander Payne is the director, reuniting yep. you with him after uh, you did Sideways, yep. Sideways back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And were you a fan of his before you did Sideways?
0: I was a fan of his from the beginning from Citizen Ruth, the first movie he made. I remember going and seeing Election in a theater, which is a great movie, if nobody's ever seen it. And I can remember turning to my girlfriend at the time, this is way before Sideways, and I said, if I could ever work with a guy like that in a movie like this, and I've done two movies with the guy, and he's a friend of mine. It's like, it's crazy. Talk about, talk about mysterious. Talk about strange, mysterious manifesting something. It's crazy. Well, so Cher should show up at some point. <laughs>
1: Your character is a a bit of a curmudgeon. Yes. He's he's bitter. Uh, He has chronically sweaty palms. He has a medical condition where he, as the day goes on, he increasingly smells like
0: fish. He smells like fish.
1: Okay. Payne says the role was created specifically for you.
0: (laughs) Do you consider this a compliment? I was deeply touched, let me tell you. I was deeply touched. How could I not? The part is fantastic. And it's a, it's a fantastic part. Smelling like fish was just another... was the cherry on top. <laughs> it really was. You're from a, you're from a uh, academic family. I am. And yes, everybody's it,
1: was, professors. Were you, were were you able were to draw on that? Like, what did you Easily. get from that? All the, of
0: tweed it. The, and... the tweed and the pipe? The tweed and the pipe. Pipe smoke makes me think of this friend of my father's who was a wonderful, strange, eccentric guy. So weird. And, you know, all of them so odd and eccentric. Wonderful.
1: Your yeah. character gets to say some... <clears throat> fabulous insults. Yes, he does. Like um, he calls the children snarling Visigoths. That's right. And hormonal Vulgarians. Hormonal Vulgarians. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Do you have a favorite insult from this?
0: At the end of the movie, I shouldn't give this away, but I'm going to. I call the headmaster penis cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and what's great, I love, is that it goes from these high tone things to that. That's the last thing the guy says. That's great. It's really... It's really you, awesome. you actually... The teacher is a, is a,
1: a teacher of uh, antiquities, ancient history. Roman
0: history, right. ancient history, history.
1: Yeah, Latin. Are you, are you big into that yourself? I am. Is that, is that something you might discuss on uh, Chinwag? We
0: did with Mary Beard. Oh, that's right. Roman yeah, historian. Yeah. And I think it's one of the reasons... Because, again, I know Alexander so well. I think he put that in the character. I would smell like fish, and to make up for that, he gave the guy an interest in Roman history. So I would feel comfortable. Paul Giamatti, Sir. thank you so much for Always being here.
1: The whole is in theaters now. Paul Giamatti, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives.
0: Hey, everyone. It's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts.